Welcome, welcome one and all to the DL Debate. Thanks so much for tuning in. This is your weekly radio show and podcast coming live, live on Highland Radio here. As ever, produced by Kevin Fury. How are you this evening, Kev? Thumbs up. Good to go. Good man. Uh, listen, we're going to run our, uh, at, we're going to look across the GA world here in the Northwest shortly. Uh, we're going to catch up on all the weekend's action and talk a wee bit about uh, the Donegal management. I have, of course, the legend that is Packy Boner coming on the show. A uh, bit of a life story there after a few weeks of, we had uh, Nadine Doherty, Colin McFadden, Joe Boyd, some great stories and Listen, the hero to us all, Paggy Boner, Boner, of course, Celtic and Ireland. Uh, he'll join us to discuss life and sport. And of course, the small matter of representing Donegal in the GA. I'm very interested to hear his stories about that. He's played with a few legends. Speaking of legends, I'm joined by one now, the one and only regular contributor. There's Brendan Kilcoyne. How are you, sir? All good, Brendan. Just down and in a scroll here for a few days, just chilling. Um, but yeah, all good, Brendan. Yeah, yeah, back to the back to the Yates County boy, hard to beat, lad. Yeah, yeah, nice to be down in this part of the world, lovely part of the country. So it is for just for a few days. So it is, um, yeah, really nice. Now weather hasn't been great, but it's still been nice. Yeah, yeah, Brendan. Listen, I'm just get your, your thoughts on 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 the management. I was just saying there last year we approached obviously Malachy O'Rourke and Alexa Conley, Killigan, Cavan, Lacey were in the background. Jim was going to come in. There's a lot of talk there about you know there's going to be a new uh, uh, senior team um, like a, a committee put together. It's going to be formed at tonight's county board meeting. Um, so the closing dates for application was last Friday. So there's been a, a number of expressions of interest. Uh, so the selection committee will have the, the selection committee will have the job of interviewing these candidates, but also seeking out a new person. You think that's the the way to go, Brendan? Ah, uh, yeah, Brendan. Like, listen. It's a massive undertaking. And I think we as supporters and Donegal followers need to, you know, have a bit of patience and let this due process follow through and let them try and get the right people in the job, Brendan. It's an onerous task taking over any county team. Um, but, you know, there has to be a process there that, you know, people are happy with and the people that are, you know, big enough and to put their hand up are given a fair chance and a fair shout and... You know, we we'll just have to wait and see how that transpires over the next few weeks. Um, obviously, we all want to see an appointment as soon as possible, particularly with the onset of the club championship over the next few weeks. And, you know, it would be important that any prospective manager would get out and see what's available. Is there any new players out there? And But, yeah, you have to you have to give due process. And if, I, I think I heard you mention in there that some, some lads from the 92 team are involved and that kind of thing in, in the selection committee as such. So... You know, that's good to hear. And, you know, we all have Donegal's football best interests at heart. And it's a matter of just making sure that the right the right process is followed and that we do get that person or that team when they do become available. Now, there's a bit of a word in the street here in the LK today about uh, McGuinness. Uh, possibly, you know, obviously he was approached last year, Brendan, that was coming to him. Uh, I just think he was a Sligo man. If he did come back in, I hope Carl McFadden comes up the road and uh, <laughs> you might want to see that, Brendan. But, you know, the likes of him and Durkin and that coaching there, you, you know, if Jim was to come back, I know obviously he's been pursuing soccer this last while and, and went on such a journey. Maybe he's thinking the time is right. You know, I know he didn't put the down there this year, Brendan. But in terms of what you've seen last year, you know, the players that were missing, if they come back, the, 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 I suppose Jim, you know, you'll think he'll get a serious lift from the squad coming in and certainly from his time playing now you know you have you know Eamon McGee and, and McLoon and, and you know uh, an array of lads now doing bits and pieces of coaching Mark McHugh fellas I guess 
that could come in and, and, and make a really positive uh, management team? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, obviously the mention of Jim McGuinness will excite people, you know, based on his previous, you know, performance as manager of the county team back in the day. And it obviously, you know, what's going to be crucial is that the availability of players, you know, we went through them, Brendan, there was eight or nine players that would probably be starters that weren't available to the for selection last year. And I think something like Jim's appointment obviously would excite them players. You know, if you think back yourself, Brendan, or in our day, if you knew that someone like that was coming back in, it certainly would motivate you and make you want to be part of that setup, even though you'll have to go through a lot of pain for the winter, probably, with, based on previous <laughs> accounts. But, you know, it would be an exciting appointment for Donegal. And I think Donegal football, would, it would give it a great lift if that were the case, Brendan. But again, you know, it's speculation and, you know, Jim is a lot in his plate, young family, so we'll just have to wait to see how that transpires. Yeah, yeah. But listen, man, I suppose if he puts his name in the hat, that's, that's, that's a done deal. Uh, I, I don't think there's, there's anything else really out there. You know, he's going to come with, you know, the man, I suppose, changed the face of football in many ways and took a team that was well outside the ranking, you know, right up into... Yeah, champions, and uh, certainly in terms of what we've seen this year from from the youth and the new players that came through, combining that uh, with a team that's that's somewhat again needs to be built. It seems like a, a almost a great time for him to come back in and, and weave the magic again. I would think so, Brendan. I agree one hundred percent with you. You know that it is. I think it is a good time. I think there's a lot of talent there. I go back to the point about patience. I don't see us competing at all Ireland level you know, within 12 months, but it'll take a bit of time. But I think if he's given that time, and I think there's great potential there to do that, we see how strong, you know, Ulster counties have gotten recent years and the progress that the Armagh, Derry, Monaghan, you know, even down now are beginning to come back into the frame. So these teams are making a lot of progress, so they are. So it's really important that Donegal don't fall too far behind in that respect. And, you know, if, if Jim were to come in, I think he would, really give that a big lift so you would and it, it would excite the players it would excite the supporters and it would excite the county in general and it would give us something to look forward to again next year yeah fantastic stuff Brendan as ever thanks so much you go back to your uh, you go back and get yourself a nice uh, 99 there and put the feet up <laughs> I might do that Brendan yeah thank you <laughs> 100% Good to catch up to me. Great as ever, Brendan. I'll Come see on. you soon. Yeah, Brendan Kilcoyne there. Cheers, as, Brendan. Bye as bye ever. Bye. Thanks very much. Sorry for a wee bit of technical uh, problems there. Just I'm going to um, take an ad break and after it, we'll attempt to get Paggy Boner on. If we have any problems, we'll go to the phone. We're going to try him on the Zoom link first. I'll speak to you after these. Welcome back, folks. Welcome back to DL Debate. Now, I'm delighted to say I'm joined by the man, the myth, the legend, Paggy Boner. Paggy, are you on the Zoom? I am indeed. Can you hear me? Paggy, that is mighty. It's great to hear your voice, uh, sir. We had a wee bit of technical there just on the last one and I was hoping that everything would be all right. So great to, to hear you. I can even see you here on the on the monitor. So you you're not you're not aging at all. Hey, what's what's the oh. secret? <laughs> uh age comes uh, very quickly to be honest. Um, <laughs> but I'm I'm hanging in there, put it that way. Oh listen, uh, Paggy, so many questions. What 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 a life in sport, you know, and as I was reading through some of your life story there. I don't think, Peggy, even though we all know and admire you, that you're, you're one of the most famous men ever to come out of Donegal. You lived through what was an absolutely phenomenal time in, in Irish sport. You know, it's it's it'll never be seen again, uh, let's be honest, Peggy. But very few people know about 
the early days, and just so I don't lose my GA license here, Peggy, we have to talk about, <laughs> the, about these days on the on the GA. I didn't know much about this to be to be honest, Jackie, uh, Peggy. You came from uh, uh, Clock Glass there, out in the west coast. You know, big family, five girls. You had a twin twin brother, mum and dad there, and, and and a serious house of sport growing up. Yeah, listen, we came we came second last in the family, myself and Dennis, twins. I think my mum and dad were, or my dad des- was desperate for boys, so he ended up with two. But we were away out in club class, way down in Ray on the coast. Uh, and I suppose we grew up with, with football, uh, soccer and Gaelic, uh, both sports. We played both. We didn't play really competitive football that much until we were in our teens. But we were playing local, you know, we come from primary school, get our jobs done around the house, Brendan, as you know, and then run over the fields and, and uh, we would have organised with the rest of the, the young lads around the place that we would play. And at that time, it was probably mostly soccer because that's the pitch we had close to us. Uh, but then we played with Ross's Rovers and at that time, we didn't have Niavuara, we didn't have Narosa, we didn't have, have uh, Dunlow. Oh, yeah. It was all one one club. Um, and we probably started playing football, maybe when we were running around about the age of maybe 13, 14. Uh, so, so I was a two sports. No golf uh, at that time. Critch mm. Island wasn't available to us. <laughs> so uh, we played we played sport and, and we loved our sport. And we, um, you know, I think the two of us haven't been twins. Uh, we were fortunate that we could actually get out on the on the grass beside the house. And, you know, one would go in goals and one would... Uh, Kick in and vice versa, and you know we, we were that. That's the way we sort of kind of were brought up um, mm. from that perspective. We loved our sport. My dad wasn't wasn't a sports person, but loved sport. Loved he loved his boxing. He loved uh, watching football. He travelled when we started to play down with the local clubs. He started to to travel with us, and and he and he loved it from that perspective. You know, we didn't. We my uncle. We had only one uncle. And he died when he was a very young man at 21. But he apparently was the footballer in the house. Yes. <laughs> uh, and I remember his boots in the back uh, underneath the stairs and me trying to wear them, going out to play. <laughs> Th- those those were the memories. But it was a great memory. And when I look back on it, Brendan, you know, I think I actually feel privileged I was brought up in that environment. Even though a lot of people in sport would say, well, you know, we were in a bit of you know, out and out skirts and probably wouldn't get an opportunity. Uh, but the upbringing was magnificent on the, on the, beside the sea. And um, just, just it was, uh, when I look back in it now, I think I was privileged to have that kind of background plus then going away when I was young at 18 to, to play football in a, in a city like Glasgow. Yeah. And, and Peg, funny, even you mentioned the boots there, you know, you think of the, 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 the old boot rooms, you used to the polish the boots, of course, them days is gone, Peggy. But, you know, having boots uh, as a young fellow, I remember my, my nephew was going down to a sports shop in town here to get uh, pairs of boots and one was 190 euro and the other pair was 140. And I, <laughs> I was so taken aback by this. I was so out of the loop in that in terms of, I think when I was a young fellow, they have any pair of boots at all, that was going to be you for for hard ground or soft ground or no matter what. It was interesting that the, the uncle's boots uh, were still there. Uh, they, they were still under the stairs. I, I did wear them once out and they disintegrated, by the way, when I put them on. It was the old boot. But uh, I think they, they, they used to hammer in the studs. <laughs> but our first boots actually was got by, by uh, our our my dad's first cousin, uh, Tony Galler, up the road. And, and I remember him and uh, his good friend Ray Ham coming down with the boots. And they were those black torn. Remember the black torns with the, with the sort of kind of almost steel toe cap uh, type boot <laughs> and that was at when we were very very young so we were very privileged to get boots as you say yes. uh, and that gloves was a different matter I, I didn't the gloves was a real 
uh, there wasn't that many goalkeeper gloves or that gloves around at that time. We were training at all sorts of things. And I, I, my, my first gloves actually was, uh, I got from Peter McLeod, the Rangers goalkeeper over at, uh, when, when he had a sports shop down in Gervin. And he was the first to give me my real sports, uh, our goalkeeper gloves. So, there you go. so that was a thing. That was Imagine a thing in the, the future. It wasn't even thought about <laughs> when I was young. Well, Baggy, steel, steel cap, uh, 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 boots. That sounds like a, a dangerous enough thing on a pitch. Back when men were men, there was nobody diving about then. Uh, uh, Peggy, just growing up then uh, at school and at, at the local club there, Rosses, were you, were you always in goals? Did you play at the f- pitch a bit as no, well? No, I, I played, uh, as I say, played in goals in soccer, you know, when, when we were young. I loved diving around. I loved getting in there. And, and as I said to myself and Dennis, we'd go out and play and, and, and invariably I would end up in goals. Uh, but I loved it because we were diving and making saves and trying to emulate the, the heroes of you know, the Pat Jennings and the Peter Shiltons and the Ray Clemens, those were the, my heroes when I was young, um, watching them on TV. So you went out and tried to emulate them uh, in soccer. Uh, but in Gaelic, um, I, I played I play a little wee bit in goals with Ross's Rovers. And actually it was Noel McCall who was the goalkeeper. But I, I remember coming into goals a couple of times. I didn't really like it. I didn't like it Brendan, because you were confined all, almost to your goal line. You know, if you came off your line in those days, the ball would be knocked over your head. So you can almost were kind of isolated in the goal. So I didn't like it. So I played outfield, um, started off playing probably when underage, um, you know, midfield because I was tall. Uh, I was lanky. I could catch the ball. I couldn't do much more with it, but I could catch it and give it to, give it to the other ones to, to go and try and score their points and so on. So, uh, and, and I was good. Uh, I was good up among people. And I loved it actually. And I, and that um, when I when I got then a wee bit further on and maybe played some county football, um, I kind of ended up starting off in corner forward and then moving back out into midfield. Mm. So that, that's kind of how, how it all sort of. Dennis played also, and Dennis played. Uh, he was centre more centre half back. He was powerful, strong, yeah. <laughs> killed people. <laughs> yeah, you'd be grand though, Paggy, because you come out the pitch and kick points and everything. You could play in that. You could play anywhere. <laughs> Uh, it shows you the evolution. If I, if I had to fast forward you from that time, you'd have seen a keeper in Crow Park coming out. They had a point. You'd have been away with that. That can't happen. But that's how sport evolves. Uh, Peggy, of course, you went over to England pretty young. Uh, before you did, Peggy, I, I knew that you played some underage with Donegal. I had no idea you actually played senior. And, you know, to me, going up, I used to hear these stories of Seamus Boner and, and, and Martin Griffin and Noel McCall and, and Carney and, and all these guys. And you played along these guys for for senior Donegal. Yeah, listen, we were very fortunate. Sean O'Donnell was the was the manager, uh, the great Sean, and and he had picked us. We, we had a very good minor team, um, and you know we we were actually doing well. And uh, Sean then sort of kind of pushed a few of us into the into the senior team. And it was I think it was the second division we were in at that particular time. But you know the likes of Noel, uh, you know we had the local lads like Noel McCall, Eugene Sharkey, Gerald McLeay, and the Boner, Jim Brennan, who was Mayo man but working obviously guard and Dunlow, and, and those were ones we played club football with. Um, and then getting into the senior team alongside the Dunleavies and the Seamus Boners and Finian Wards and those Martin Carney was a was a great influence on me actually because I, I remember you know Martin being a very uh, skillful player uh, and and I got into the team along I watched him very for the very first time actually when we played against him down in. Um, and uh, Nevada's pitch now. Uh, we played, I think, with St. Joseph's in the championship game. And, and I always remember the game, actually, because it was a bit of a, 
uh, a, a battle, uh, and there was a. Bit, I remember there was a bit of fighting going on, <laughs> different things as you would expect. And the, and 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 Jay at that particular time we were trying to get one over them. But Martin stood back, and he was a county man at the time, and he and he stood back, and he kind of almost at the end shook everybody's hand and and made up, and and that learned me a big lesson actually about sportsmanship uh, from Martin, you know. And I was able to take that, and I was delighted to be able to play with these guys then in the senior team, um, and that. But we were young; we were only, you know, I was only seventeen, eighteen at the time, uh, just turning eighteen, and we 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 played. And, and my first game was against uh, Leitrim actually down in uh, O'Donnell Park in in Larrakenny. And uh, I played corner forward that day. It wasn't. It was a winter's day. I remember snow in the pitch, and there was another young lad from from Leitrim. Um, actually, I think he had a bad injury in the game. Uh, they might have broke his ankle on that particular day, and 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 that's the kind of memory I have uh, fr- from it. Uh, we played in, in in the league. When it got to the championship, uh, we, we as I say, we had a good minor team. So. Uh, Shan didn't play as in, in, in the championship team. He almost put us into the minor team, and that was my kind of uh, involvement uh, in, in the GA at that particular time. Um, interestingly, uh, you know, we were too young probably to go on, but just you never know. If I didn't go to soccer, where would I have been? Um, would I have played, continued to play soccer, or maybe pushed on to maybe the county team and won a few honours with them? But never won anything in GA. I think the year I left, actually, the the uh, Dunlow um, uh, went on and and won won uh, or Ross Rover sorry went on and won uh, a kind of an, uh, a, a medal of some description the year after, but I missed out unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. well, listen, I think where you went uh, took you to a good place, uh, Baggy. It's funny when you look back. There's always that wee local thing where you know what if, uh, but certainly I think the past you took suited all us and, and suited the whole country. You were saying there, Baggy, you had a good minor team as well. You were beating the first round to. Derry, I suppose the way that's yeah. changed now, you know, you've you've group stages, you've second chances, and and generally you don't get caught on a day, which I think is is probably a fair, fair outcome, uh, Peggy. But listen, what, what what an amazing time there growing up, and and probably your size, Peggy, which is going to stand you as as a goalkeeper, put you under that frame of of playing for Donegal because you had developed very young, very early. You had a good set of hands. You had a wee trial with uh, Leicester, which which didn't work out, but it was a blessing in disguise, uh, Peggy, because you had family in Glasgow. Uh, you got the call to go over for a trial, and from then on, uh, just reading the great Jock Steen was there, you were actually his, his last signing, uh, Peggy. Land over to Glasgow, but it, as you said in your reference there uh, uh, on Kieran O'Donnell's book, uh, Donegal's uh, Great Sporting Heroes, about the fact that you had family over there, and for all you ever hear, Peggy, is about the young men. I was even talking to somebody on about Seamus Coleman when he came. He was desperately homesick and his father sent over his, his brother to, to kind of get him through the phase. So that would have been a difficult time, Peggy, but not as difficult because you went over to uh, an Irish rich uh, city, Glasgow, and you had family there and your career started to take off. Yeah, you know, listen, I, I did go over to Leicester City. I was over and back for a full year, actually, and, and playing in the Youth Cup and um, um, quite enjoyed it. Um, John O'Neill, actually, from Derry, would have been around the club at that time. I think he was in Lockby University and we used to stay in a hostel and he would come up at the weekends and there was other guys who would stay. But I, I was very young. Listen, I was only 16, 17 um, and they didn't sign uh, sign me. Um, um, and, you know, I was lucky. Uh, Sean Fallon, the great Sean Fallon, was chief scout at Celtic watched me play in the Irish youth team and asked me to come over and trial and and to get over to Celtic was probably a dream because you know they were the team that we all we all probably supported even though we didn't see them we didn't see them uh 
live as such. I think the first time I watched Celtic was they were they came over to play in a game for uh, the the uh, Bordenport disaster, um, fishing disaster, and they came over and played in Balbuffet. And I think I watched them at that particular time playing. And uh, it was just I don't know what it was. It was something about them, the Irish heritage, the Donegal people going over and back, um, you know, working over there, um, you know. Taking back the stories, telling us about my my family, my my uncle in law, uh, those those were big Celtic supporters who lived in Glasgow. So they always had this this connection with Celtic. So to get over on trial, and you're right, you know, going over, leaving home, leaving a family, a big big family, um, and um, probably leaving my friends, uh, the lads I played with, to go into a city mm. was very very daunting. And and I can really you know see how Seamus was thinking when he went over yeah. I, I cried myself to sleep on many occasions after I signed because I was committed yeah. <laughs> I was committed then I couldn't go home and th- that other thing Brendan you know we are very resilient people uh, us Donegal people and we, we, we kind of stick together when we go away from home and I did have very good uh, family to go to and I also had good friends in around uh, Govan Hill that I would go down and visit and, and take that sort of loneliness out of it um, but you know one thing that you didn't want to do was give up, <laughs> you know, even though there was times I can tell you that I probably would have loved to have gone back home. You know, at that time, we didn't have mobile phones. We didn't have, you know, it wasn't easy. We didn't have a phone in the house. It was later on we got a phone in. And um, so so it was very, very hard to keep in contact with people. You know, it was down to letters, people sending you letters and yes. and, 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 and all of that. Even people didn't travel over as much as they did the in, in, in latter years. Uh, you know, if you met somebody outside the ground on a match day, it was a, it was a wonderful experience. So all that, that homesickness, you had to handle it. You had to really... Um, put it into a space and say, well, guys, listen, um, football is a thing. I'm here to do it, to try to make a career out of it. I'm going to stick with it uh, and I'm not going to give up. And that kind of almost helped me maybe even to become resilient when it came down to maybe times when you were going through um, maybe not playing so well and having to, having to dig in there and, and, and make it happen. Maybe maybe that J background too also was, was a bit to do with that. But uh, That was that famous uh, time you'd grit the teeth there, we'd be watching you, back. You used to be there, great. Maggie, can I just ask you, can I just jump you back a wee second? Now, you just mentioned that they're nice, no use. Uh, that's where you were seen. Is that where it came from? And, and did that come, how did that even come about? Did that come through schools or did, did that come through a trial as well? Or did somebody see you? To play for the, the the Irish youth, well, we had a, we had a an interprovincial tournament, <clears throat> which was obviously Leinster, Connacht, Munster, and Donny and Donegal was representing almost Ulster. Yes, and and we had a, we had we had some great uh, school teams at that time, uh, Donegal youth teams, uh, you know, uh, the, the lads out in out in Remelton, out that area. Uh, the Killybegs, lads, Donegal Town, Guidor, ourselves, Letter Kenny, uh, all very, very good players, you know, and and they all played soccer and they played Gaelic football, you know. But we, we knew we knew each other, and then we got, we got into a, a Donegal youth team what under Richie Kelly actually, and Pat McColgan was from Lufford, and he was a kind of a the other guy. But Richie was fantastic for us, you know, yeah. and everybody knows Richie. He worked in BBC for many years down the foil, um, and and uh, but but he he was a good man. He brought us all together. Together and created a very good team, and we were very successful. We ended end up winning the interprovincials, and I think then um, I don't remember us playing Leinster actually in the final of of the interprovincials, and, and we beat them. And that Leinster was always the top team; they were always the dubs; they were always going to win things. And for us to beat them, and I kind of 
played well and the game stood out. Uh, Declan McIntyre was was the other goalkeeper at the time and he got injured in one of the games and I ended up uh, playing and, and that little bit of fortune helped me also uh, from that perspective. Uh, and then once you got into the Irish youth team, that's when then you got recognised really. Yeah, yeah. Funny, no Declan well, eh? He's, uh, he's a character. You're one of the most normal keepers <laughs> I've met now, Peg. You've always been saying for years, keepers are wired up a wee bit different. <laughs> you, 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 seem <laughs> Absolutely. Both, you seem on the same ones. Funny, I have something small in common. Yeah, and Richie Kelly's an ex-manager of mine and we had oh. a great time with him. Mate, don't quote me on that. It was just, Richie be talking, don't quote me on that, the old uh, BBC <laughs> line. But, Peggy, that's brilliant. Day. Obviously, Jock Steen stepped away. Billy McNeil took over. And as you were saying, it was a, it was a fresh start and it gave you an opportunity to, to break into that first team. And, and, and just, Peggy, the history and, and being around... Parkhead and and you know especially from Donegal you know it's like a it's like our team it must have been a phenomenal time and I know it was tough bedding in and that but the actual play inside of it and the lads and the exposure the excitement of it it must have been a thrilling time it was you know and and going over there it was very uh, a homely tech club I miss Sean Fallon I must admit but Sean stayed sort of quite close to us and went to the same chapel so he used to invite us down for dinner and so on uh, but it was a new 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 and and. You know, as I said, Billy took over. John Clark was assistant. It was almost like as if they were kind of looking at everybody uh, on a fresh basis. Um, and, you know, even though I was a young boy, I was treated probably in their eyes as another player rather than the kid who just come in. Uh, and that helped me because it helped me then to sort of kind of almost position myself a wee bit. They sold Roy Baines, who was the other goalkeeper at the time. Uh, Roy went and it was only myself and Peter Latchford, actually, that was left as two goalkeepers. Now, nowadays, modern football, you have probably yeah. four or five goalkeepers in, 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 in a team, you know. So it was reserve football, first team football. I played in the reserves, Peter played in the first team, but we trained together. We all trained together, which was which was unique. The club itself was the big old stadium. Um, you know, it was fairly tough old area around east, the east end of Glasgow. That's When you look at the club now, the changes they made around the club is, is phenomenal. Uh, it's, a, it's a huge difference um, in that. Uh, so, so in the training ground was up in Barfield. We only had one pitch. We had an ash, <laughs> an ash pitch beside it. Yeah. Uh, again, now they're out in uh, Lennox Town up in you know, six, seven pitches. All those things have changed. But it was a brilliant time. And, and the dressing room was fantastic. Great people. Danny McGrain, you know, a legend going in there, a world-class player, captain of the club. Uh, he played. He was injured at the time. He played a lot in the reserves. Would be in the first year or so. Tommy Burns, God rest him. Roy Aiken, uh, yes. Pat Stanton, Ronnie Glavin. You could go through and Paul, Paul um, uh, Wilson. Uh, you know, loads and loads of of great great players. All you know, legends in their own right. And for me, as a young guy, to go over there and step in among them, fellow from <laughs> Donegal, uh, was was absolutely unique. Uh, and then trying to hold your own and among, among it was was quite incredible but but uh, something I look back on with, with fond memories to be perfectly honest you know the first couple of years it was tough but you had to dig in there training was tough I remember the first training session um, being over even and when I was in trial they used those white mitre balls Brendan you know and, and, and they were they were rock hard at times yeah. and I remember we had no gloves I remember skin coming off my hand, <laughs> coming back from training the first day. Uh, but you had to get used to all them things. You had to, you had to dig in. You had to, you know, filled out a little bit, 
got stronger. Uh, when I went over first, I think I was six foot two, um, 12 and a half stone. When I finished my career, I was sort of 14 and a half stone. Wasn't overweight, just put on a bit of muscle. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> <laughs> There's a big phenomenon. And the breakthrough uh, in the Celtic, uh, Peggy, how did that come about uh, for you? Did you did you were able to kneel down the number one spot? Well, I was lucky because, you know, um, you know, again, as I said, myself and Peter was the two goalkeepers. Peter wasn't going through a great time in it, uh, just during period around about March 1979. Uh, and it happened to fall uh, that Billy gave me my debut on St. Patrick's Day 1979, which is, again, a unique day for any Irish man. So I played, uh, did okay. Uh, Bobby Lennox scored two on the day. There wasn't a, a big crowd at the match, I remember, if you look at the stats. Uh, and then I played the probably about 10 days later um, against Motherwell again away this time it didn't play very well it, uh, my, my grandmother died at home uh, and I think that probably affected me it wasn't an excuse but I, I, I probably should have been home for the funeral didn't go home because I was picked in the team and I kind of just really yeah. felt really down after that and then I was out of the team for probably about 10 months I was playing in reserve football and then it got a lucky break again at the start of the following season um, and what uh, Peter got an injury uh, he was up at training I was away home I wasn't wasn't even there and he ended up I got a phone call to say Peter's been injured and we're playing in Danny McGrain's testimonial against Manchester United a couple of days later so that was me into the team and then I had a bit of a run as you know Brent you need a bit of luck and yeah. you need to get in there uh, and I had a wee bit of a, a run then in the team and I could show people what I could do and that was that's how it all started really. yeah, Phenomenal debut in St. Patrick's Day written on the stars there Paggy listen Maddie asked you so many questions about Ireland but I, here's what I was thinking just uh, Paggy at the time you mentioned a bit of it there about the, the mitre balls and no gloves I mean that's that's hard to believe <laughs> I would have never thought that but you know the life of a pro at that time like very little people understand what's that like you know day to day training you know with the lads did you socialise a bit then I know it was different times and all that then how, how was that were you staying along with other uh, younger pros or, or how, how was life then no, I, I stayed with my aunt uh, and uncle, the first aunt and uncle uh, up in Muir End, and then he moved back actually to Tiller Kenny a, about a year later, and I moved down to my other aunt <laughs> down in Sims Hill, my, my mum's sister, Auntie Bridge, and her husband. And I, I, I kind of almost didn't have the, the you know choice. I think Shay, when he came over first, uh, had to stay in digs and so on, um, and uh, among, among the other young lads. I didn't do that. And I think that probably was was good in one way, because I was kind of almost told not to go out, <laughs> not to go out <laughs> into the pubs, into yeah. into the garbles, or down into into uh, Victoria Road, or into the Irish bar. So I, I kind of almost stayed away from all of that. I was kind of forced to do that by, by my uncle and so on, uh, and that. Um, so I went out a little bit, but not not maybe to the extent I would have if I was maybe in digs or I was with some of the other lads and so on. But at that time, you know, you 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 didn't go out anyway. Uh, you know, two days before a game, yeah. you know, it was about getting up in the morning, getting in, training, um, resting, training, resting, and playing, and so on. And that that was your life, really. Uh, th there was no, uh, you had a bit of socialising, but very very little. Um, even that, on, even on a Saturday night after you beat the Rangers, yeah. Well, on a Saturday night we would have maybe went out for. Uh, I met, met my wife Anne actually very quickly after I went over uh, a couple of years after, and she settled me into a routine. Then so we'd go for a meal maybe and a <laughs> and a few pints. We did yeah, we did yeah. have the luxury of maybe going. We we didn't have a, actually a um, players lounge in, in the club at that time. 
Uh, that that was kind of when you think of all what all the players get now is incredible. But we didn't even have a players' lounge, so we didn't actually socialise in the club. But what we did do is on a Saturday uh, after the game, we were going to into town, and we went to have a famous pub called Archie's. <laughs> and uh, at that time, you may have been in sort of half five after the game, six o'clock, and then you would sort of. Uh, sit down with the likes of Danny McGrain and Tommy Gadam and those guys, and uh, they would actually go through the game with you, which was incredible. Yeah. And then the place would get packed up, and we would end up going off somewhere else sensible, so, some sensible place, Brendan. Like, but that was that was about it. Saturday night maybe yeah. it would be your social night, and the yes. rest of it was work. Yes, yes, I, I hear you, Pike. And listen, was a was a lively <laughs> city, no doubt. I suppose there are certain places you needed to watch where you were going as well. Being a Celtic man, Peggy, <laughs> t- t- tell me this, Peggy. Ireland came calling. Who was the first manager that that came after you there? Because we were about to hit. I mean, timing can be everything in life. You know, we we're about to hit a phenomenal time in every sport, and you were going to be right at the centre of it. Who who first gave you the call for for the senior international? Well, actually, I was in a squad with Johnny Giles, believe it or not. Johnny Giles was the manager up till 1979, and he put me in a squad, myself and uh, uh, John Devine, who was with Arsenal, a young lad that played an under-21 football with John. Uh, and I don't know why he put me into the squad, to be perfectly honest with you. He had Jerry Payton, and he had Seamus McDonough, and so on. Uh, and uh, But I just think maybe he's seen something in us, and he wanted to give us a little bit of... of um, you know, what's it all about international football? We went to Paris actually when they played out in Paris in the last game. Uh, and then, then it was about, you know, getting into the team. Um, and it was own hand. It was the manager then next after Johnny. And he picked me in the squad. Although at that time it was kind of almost like a rotation. He, he played Seamus McDonough's. He was at Everton at the time, played him in, and, uh, in the first team. And then myself and Jerry Payton sort of almost, uh, took, game for game uh, and we were in the squad um, and uh, we had no goalkeeper coach or anything of that nature and, and that I only had played nine games believe it or not until Jack Chelton took over in 19 what was it 1990 sorry I'm trying to think now uh, 1986 Jack took over around about that yeah. so I made my debut in 81 and I only had nine caps right you know and uh, which people think, you know, now I look at some of the young boys and they've got 60, 70 caps yeah. by the time they're that age. So I was 26 when Jack took over um, and um, Seamus had retired at that point in time. Owen had left and then Jack gave me my, he gave me my big break really, you know. Now I was, I was fortunate because I remember playing in a tournament up in Iceland, a tournament that we won, but I didn't actually play well in the tournament. And I thought, oh, that's it now, new manager, Jack Shelton. Uh, he won't fancy a Scottish goalkeeper, <laughs> or, or should I say, an Irish goalkeeper playing in Scotland, yeah, yeah. Um, and that. But he did, and and, and uh, he must have just seen something in me and, and stuck with me and let me play. And then I just went on, sort of almost another seventy, seventy-one caps or so, you know, yeah. which was a, an incredible period of time that we went through under Jack. But but Jack was the main man for me. Own giving me my debut. Johnny gave me my first feel of international football. Yeah, and and Pike, it was some time the players and all top team players, and I don't want to be disrespectful to current uh, players there and that, but you know, where where the likes of uh, Ireland pick from now is so different with the money that's gone on the Premier League, but at the time, it was all the top teams, Scotland and in England, and we when you look back at these absolute household names, and none of us really, I suppose we hadn't qualified for a tournament, but bang, here comes... 
uh, Germany in '88, of course, going on to beat beat the English first day, and 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 the phenomenal buzz that just came in the Irish soccer. Then, Peggy, it must have been an unbelievable roller coaster ride then in the in the Italian '80 and on the USA '94. I mean, the memories of it. I was just a young lad growing up, but I'll never ever forget it. You know, and for you. Been in the middle of that. Did you sense coming in there that we you know, we have a team here? There's no reason why we can't qualify for major tournaments, and, and that bit of belief started to go on because we did we did knock on the door a few times, you know, one hand and I say John Giles was in there, but it wasn't he Jackie come in that we got across the line and qualified. Yeah, and those barriers are are always there for most sports people. You know, you've got to get across them somehow. Um, and for for years and years, we had good teams, really good teams, but we we just never managed to get it. Um, I was fortunate to say that, that I was around when Jack took over, but he gave us self-belief, uh, incredible belief, actually. Um, and we started to win games away from home. I, I think, you know, we beat Brazil in Dublin, which was a milestone. Uh, Liam scored. Um, but I think the game in, in when we beat uh, Scotland at Hamden uh, was the one that I always look back on and say that sort of can almost cemented our belief that we can actually go and, and do something. You know, up until that's Ireland was struggling to win games away from home, but at that particular one, we had a few draws and so on, but beating Scotland um, in their ham in at Hamden, for me in, in particular, it was a fantastic occasion because some of the silly players that yeah. I was playing week in, week out were playing in the Scotland team, the Roy Aikens and Paul McStays and so on, uh, from that perspective. But we had, a, we had a good team. When you, when you look at the players, look at the players that we had. And I, and I, I quote this, and I'm going to quote it again tonight, you know, that that game that particular night, you know, Paul McGrath played right back with Manchester United. Left yeah. back was Ronnie Whelan, Liverpool. Centre half, Mick McCarthy, who was at Man City at the time, then came up to us at Celtic. Kevin Moore, Manchester United. You know, on the right hand side, Ray Houghton, Liverpool. Um, midfield was Liam Brady, who had just, I think, maybe just left Juventus, but played out in Italy. Mark Lawrence in Liverpool. Left wing, Tony Galvin, Tottenham. And up front, John Aldridge, Liverpool, and, and Frank Stapleton, Manchester United. Mm. You know, and, and that's not counting the guys on the bench like, you know, Dave Leary and Arsenal and, and so on and so forth. So, so we, we, we had a, we had an unbelievable strong team, uh, a team that was, one in things at club level uh, and, and qualifying for European competition. You know, I was in goals. I, I played with Celtic for quite a number of years in European competitions. Uh, the Liverpool lads won in European Cups and so on. So it was just, a, I think, a matter of time before we broke that barrier. And once we did it and we grew in confidence, then, wow, um, I think we just, the belief and, and what Jack gave us, it made it, made it very simple, Brendan. Mm. You know, he didn't overcomplicate things. Um, maybe some people will will probably look back and say maybe we should have played a bit more football and and so on and so forth. But he looked at European football and um, international football and he said if we if we do these things, we'll be successful. And and that's what we were. And and the the way that it captured the imagination of the of of I think of of the fans and the Irish people uh, was was incredible. Also, um, and and if you if you think about it, listen, you know we're here tonight talking on the show where it's maybe predominantly maybe J.A. you talk about Brendan but from from that perspective it captured the minds and imagination of people within the heart of the J.A. also the rugby people and they all they all came on that journey with us because we were Irish we wanted to do something very very special for for our country the pride was running through us uh, and and that's a phenomenal thing to be able to achieve to get everybody on on on, on the one side success helps of course um and then qualifying for the world cup in 90 was yeah. 
was just a, a dream come true for 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 all of us. Yeah, and this big huge phenomenal. I mean, obviously, you said eighty eight, ninety, ninety four. Was ninety your favourite? Obviously, make it all the way to quarter final playing Italy. I mean, the memories of that pack, of course, the famous shootout, the Tamavi penalty. Uh, I, I was only reading back there where you said a couple of players come in and celebrated with you. You were you were afraid they could have the penalty retaken. <laughs> that must have been. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know this at all. That, that must have been a frightening prospect. But that that moment back where you saved that penalty, the the joy of 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 progressing this this Irish team is you know the, finally on the on the world stage at that point that we're going all yeah. the way to a quarter. I mean it was unbelievable stuff. And as you said there, the talent was there. Uh, and pa- I love the fact that Jack instilled that belief in you because something just special happened around that Ireland team at the time. Yeah, listen, you know what what Jack also gave us was responsibility. You know, from a, from a, a leader. Uh, you know, I, I talk about leadership a lot, uh, and Jack would would be the one person that would sort of pick out from a point of view of giving us that responsibility to take on like take on certain things that nobody else would have asked us to do. You know, he asked me to do all the defensive stuff, which I had to do as a young man, and tell people like Liam Brady and you know Mick McCarthy and Kevin Moore and Paul McGrath, those kind of guys to go and do certain things defensively uh, from set pieces and, and and that was never given to me before probably at Celtic um, and that so so I, I look back and at it and I grew I grew in a team with that from that perspective um, 88 was was phenomenal beating England was phenomenal I think that was the one I pick out mostly right. as, as my favourite game but then when you when you go on the world stage it's a different level look at the girls at the moment you know that they're they're, they're the, you know the European Championships or whatever, even England European Championship. But no, once you get to the World Cup, you're against the top teams in the world. You're playing against top players, uh, players that you 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 can only sort of kind of look back and when you were young yourself. And I, I was influenced by 1970 in the World Cup and the great Brazil team at that time. And then suddenly to be in that position yourself, actually doing it in, in Italy was was unbelievable, unbelievable for for all of us. Um, Tough old games going out to out to Sardinia first, then down to Sicily, uh, and then into the big one up in Genoa, <laughs> which right. was, which has changed people's lives. I think. Yeah, yeah. I just thinking about the the big booming kick on the Quan against uh, the Dutch. <laughs> I was thinking now that was, that was penetrating passes. That, 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 uh, listen, I'll, I'll give you that. Don't, don't See, now you, you would have to put that down and play it about. You'd be doing stepovers now, yeah, uh, Packy. <laughs> if we put you in the modern game, Packy. Listen, uh, the, obviously the USA, the, the heat out there seemed to be massive, uh, but again, uh, an unbelievable tournament from the Irish, and again the Irish diaspora out there. Uh, Peggy, listen. All I remember from my my youth is is the celebration around it, it it created because we were going from a point of not even being there and and the fact that we progressed at all or got out of groups and then I mean it was it was phenomenal stuff, Peggy. I just have a couple of quick questions for you, Peggy. This uh, this one saying if you were starting all over now, Peggy, would you be playing for Dunlow or Nivora? <laughs> oh, Dunlow's my team. Sorry the, to say. The, sorry, it's uh, 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 your bro Owen uh, Coyle, your brother. Now put me up to that one. Sorry, Peggy. There's a few things. Even though, sorry, hold on. Even though my mother was from Mulladuff, <laughs> right, uh, right. Down, okay, up, you up have the to, back of the pitch. You have to keep that's diplomatic. I heard you nearly get on the politics, actually, Peggy. That's very <laughs> diplomatic. That was almost an option, Peggy. Another question here. This there's a lot of taste coming in, Peggy. Just thanks so much for the memories and and, and the phenomenal time people had in their lives. There's one here asking, uh, this is from Mark and Lefford, so uh, this might be a bit loaded, this question. Who was the best Packy uh, or Shea Given? 
<laughs> you can tell, tell Shay that I, I was in a, a local cafe last week and they were putting up, they had tips, right? And they had a, they had two cups, one with Shay on it and one with myself on it. Right. And uh, I, I, I got the most tips. So there you are. That answers the question. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. Peg, Peggy, a couple of quick ones. Uh, in terms of Celtic or Ireland, uh, who was the biggest characters? Were there any people like uh, outside of the box in terms of uh, crack or, 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 uh, Guys that would just pull the whole dressing room and, and Celtic girl. I mean, you'd have unbelievable what seventeen years at Celtic tr- trophy laden. Was there was there different standout characters in there uh, from from those days at Ireland or at Celtic? Yeah, listen, I, I think the 1980s was a phenomenal time at Celtic for us. We, we, we had a really good team. We had one lease, but we, it was a funny, funny dressing room. Great dressing room. You know, Tommy, Tommy was a, was a, a, a very, very funny man. Um, almost lit up the dressing room. Um, you had, you had some, some exceptional, it was the banter more than anything else, you know, and, and stuff that we, we, we got up to. Um, and that, um, I think with the Irish team, we had very wise guy who, uh, who kind of, Andy Townsend was a great humorist, uh, from obviously coming from London, yeah, you know, himself yeah. and, and Tony Cascarino and those, uh, with that, with those London accents and they had the stories and so yes. on. Uh, it was all, it was all good fun, great crack. Uh, we all got on well. It was like the Irish team was like a club team. Uh, yeah. I've got to say we had great nights out. I've got to say, you didn't uh, end especially, up with especially in Dublin. <laughs> You weren't late, me Paul McGrath time. <laughs> oh, wait, Paul. Paul's a fantastic man, very oh, quiet legend. guy, yeah, individual yeah. actually. But uh, no, Paul. Paul kind of went off on his own. We, but the rest of us sort of kind of met up and we went out <laughs> in the town yeah. and uh, enjoyed our success. Put that way. Yeah, yeah. Well, listen, the success, Peggy. We all enjoyed it. I could talk to you all night, and I'm sure everybody down in the home place, everybody here in Donegal, indeed Ireland, uh, Peggy. Want to thank you so much for. For the career that you had, the time that you had with Celtic in Ireland was brilliant uh, talking to you. Wish you all the best. I know you're working with the FA now in the future. I keep up the good work. A great man to be looking at the next generation and bringing them through. Yeah, it's a pleasure, Brendan. And it's always nice also to see young Donegal people. Hopefully um, the, the girls will do well out in, in the World Cup in the next couple of games to Amber uh, make it a run. Who knows? Kira Grant make it a run also. And it's, it's great to see. And all the other young boys is, and, and that's got an opportunity to go and play, uh, whether it's for Donegal or whether it's for the international team or underage. Uh, I just wish them all the very best. And if they can live what I went through, then I'd be very, very happy. Thanks very much. That's brilliant. Great finish, Baggy Boner. Great to talk to you. Thank you. That was brilliant there, Peggy Boner. I want to thank Kevin for producing. The Monday Night Sessions is coming up. I'll speak to you all next week.